Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of What in the Cell is Going On. I'm filling in today for April Renee, who is uh, on the road. She was planning on joining us. She called me before and said she will be going to a rural area and may not be able to have cell phone coverage. So, uh, as luck would have it, she's uh, not here with us today, so I'm filling in for her. So, welcome again to What in the Cell is Going On. Again, I'm uh, Dr. A. Truat. I'm uh, part of her Vaccine Information Coalition team. And I actually, she's given me a title, whatever that's worth. The title is just uh, the research scientist and in, in checking into the both historical as well as absolute um, science that has been pretty much hidden from view by the mainstream media and the powers that be. Because, look, folks, I appreciate that People would want to, you know, the, the mainstream media with all of their millions and millions, if not billions and billions of dollars, would have everybody believe, well, you know, um, the white coats of science and the Johns Hopkins and these big uh, universities are the utmost authority of disease itself. And, and the disease is caused basically primarily by microzymes or microbes or, you know, the germ theory in a nutshell. Well, is that 100% true? We know that sometimes, and in fact, oftentimes, so-called alternative treatments that are basically you know, going into basic nutrition, primarily pure water, as you heard in the little infomercial by Gary No, sometimes that does greater work than in the best medicine possible, Okay. And we just want to expose that there is two sides to every story. There is a, an incredible body of evidence that natural is often better. And sometimes putting chemicals into your body, either as a prophylactic like a vaccine or what may have you, is sometimes not the best alternative, the best answer at all. In fact, it's toxic and can cause more damage than it, than it does. Good. There's a rather long word uh, that I want to talk about in depth today, and uh, April Renee had, had asked me before to talk about a, a topic that she's got a lot of questions on from listeners that have emailed her directly. And specifically, the question is, what about the eradication of smallpox? Isn't that strong evidence that vaccinations work because of we have no smallpox breakouts anymore. Ah, well, yes, in fact, we don't in America, per se, but in other parts of the world, it's very much, still very, very much so. You just don't hear about it. Uh, in third world countries, especially in, in sub-Saharan Africa and in the jungles, smallpox is very real and very much a killer, very much so. Don't believe me, just, just do a Google search. How many people died in the world from smallpox? And you'd be quite amazed. In fact, it's still used as the probably the most potent biological weapon, smallpox itself. But you have to understand really how it works. You see, smallpox is not something that you think you can well just, is it airborne? Can you breathe it in? Can it, is it like a, an influenza germ? How is it? You know, what is it? What is really caused by smallpox? And I just want to say 
and I'll give you the, the Reader's Digest condensed version of smallpox, it is a waterborne disease primarily. You drink contaminated water, and it colonizes in your gut, and then it appears as sores and your largest organ in your body, actually. So you see, when you ingest something into your into your stomach, into your intestinal tract, these um, toxins, and they are very much toxins related to mold, by the way, that you experience the disease called smallpox, and it is fatal. It's very very dangerous. We also look back and turn back the clock. Nobody's talking about cholera. How many cholera outbreaks have we had? Um, really, not really. We haven't really had a vaccine for cholera, right? But smallpox, oh, my gosh, look at all the deaths from smallpox. We eradicated smallpox by vaccination. Folks, not true at all. When you see waterborne smallpox or cholera outbreaks, usually they're they're inter interrelated. You either have cholera, which is really a strong explosive diarrhea and stomach cramping and, and binding up of the intestinal tract, and that causes toxemia and breakouts. A lot of people start out with symptoms of cholera, then they progress to the stores, the sores of smallpox. We're all related, folks. Now, the fact is, folks, smallpox was eradicated, not by the vaccine needle. Oh, no, not at all. But by understanding the role of potable water, drinkable water, having water purified to uh, put into people's homes, that's where we began to see the disappearance of this waterborne disease. And I'm telling you, there are, there are many, many scientific papers on this, many books written actually proving this. There's a, a book called Virus Mania that, that, that goes into this very, in, very much in depth. Uh, Dr. Patricia McBean and her two books, uh, the main one being The Poison Needle, she documents this extremely well. I'm sitting here right now with my uh, hands on a book that is written by a lady named Ethel Hume, and it's simply entitled Beauchamp, Antoine Beauchamp, or Pasteur. She makes this very, very strong case that Louis Pasteur, the father and, and really one of the main colleagues of Edward Jenner, the father of vaccinations, really, just all, it's all a hoax, an absolute huge money-making hoax. Really? Yeah. The book, Beauchamp or Pastor, is amazing. In the final third of the book, uh, the, the book is broken down into to three parts. Part one, the mystery of fermentation. Part two, the microzymas, the, what are known as, quote, little bodies. And part three, the cult of the microbe. The origins of preventative medicine is the first sub subchapter of the part three. And the first thing that they make clear is the truth about smallpox. And there are there's dozens of case studies. This Professor Wallace 
writing and doing a case study in the English town of Leicester for 22 years, from the years 1873 to 1894, inclusive. He has, I mean, this is a scientific treatise that compares the ages of uh, the death rate from smallpox in Leicester, just a, just a, a simple village in, in the UK. The death rate uh, from 1873 to 1994 and from smallpox in people ages 15 to age 45 are you know, basically young people without other comorbidity factors. It was 14.4 deaths per million. Now, he combines that with these, the same years of the, the British Army and Navy, and then also even the British, it's the United States Army and Navy during those years, because you see, those are the, the, the years of mandatory vaccinations. Okay, so his treatise is if vaccination was, the, was so effective in able-bodied men and women, what is the death, ro- death rates for men? You would think that it would be much, much lower than the 14.4 deaths per million in the study control group of Leicester. No, no vaccinations in this little village. Zero. The city, this little city. None. So what is it? Army death rates, 37.0. 37 deaths per million. Navy, 36.8 deaths per million. But it's about the same, 37 deaths per million. Or Leicester again, 14.4. Below half. Low half. So clearly, vaccination over this 22 year period is very convincing that it's not doing anything. In fact, it's causing more deaths than if they weren't vaccinated. That was clearly what has come out. And this is echoed in, like, Dr. McBean's book. It's really documented very well in this. The horrors of, and there's a book called The Horrors of Vaccination. That documents this, and most people were getting smallpox after their so-called inoculation or vaccination of it, and many, many people died. We also have a series of articles in the Minneapolis, Minnesota Observer newspaper, starting starting on 14th of January in the year 1922. There was a research paper done in the Philippine Islands when the United States took over the islands in the year 1905. Well, the first thing that our wonderful government did to the Filipinos is to make sure everybody's vaccinated, to do mass vaccinations against the killer of smallpox. Immediately, the Philippine islands experienced massive epidemics of smallpox. The first in 1905-1906, then another one massively in 1907, and 1908. Then from 1918 to 1919, there was co- you know, there was no killer Spanish flu in the Philippines, but there sure was a killer epidemic of smallpox. Well, why is that? They weren't vaccinating the Filipinos 
with typhus fever like they were the Americans and the British. Okay, which caused the pandemic, so-called, of 1918 to 1919. But this, again, 1922 article shows, uh, with the Philippine Health Service's uh, own numbers, the stunning, the stunning reality. Let me quote from this report. This part of the special mission on investigation to the Philippine Islands and smallpox. The general, the U.S. general, Leonard Wood, Wood was in charge of this report. The first report was issued on 10th of December, 1921, and it writes, and it reads, quote, the highest percentage of mortality 65.3%, over half of the population dead, was in Manila, which was, quote, the most thoroughly vaccinated place in the entire Philippine Islands. The lowest percentage of mortality, 11.4% of the population, was in Mindanao. Well, owing to the religious beliefs of the inhabitants, Vaccination had not been practiced nearly as much as in most of the other parts of the islands. And what they went on to see also is of that 11.4%, all of them, 100%, were all vaccinated. And the article goes on, the report goes on, quote, to the everlasting shame of the misnamed health service, vaccination had been forced on Mindanao since 1918, despite the proof that their people were safer, much safer without it. And as a result, smallpox mortality increased to above 25% in 1920. Quote, in view of the fact that sanitary engineers had probably done more in Manila to clean up the city and make it healthy than in any other part of the islands, there's every reason to believe that excessive vaccination actually brought on the smallpox epidemic in spite of the sanitary measures taken to promote health. And what are those sanitary measures? Oh, good drinking water, ladies and gentlemen. Good drinking water. Then following up in the 17th December, addendum to the report, 1921. Quote, think of it. Less than 11 million population in the Philippine Islands. And 107,981 cases of smallpox with the awful toll of 59,741 deaths in 1918. Bear in mind that in all human probability, the inhabitants of the Philippines are as thoroughly vaccinated and revaccinated as any people in the entire world. Systemic vaccination started in the Philippines in 1905 and has continued ever since. It is absolutely certain that over 10 million vaccinations for smallpox were performed in the Philippines from 1905 to 1917, 
and very probable that the vaccinations numbered even as many as 15 million during that time. This can be verified by reference to reports of the Philippine Health Services. Now, the newspaper article goes on and says, really digging into those reports, we find evidence that the facts must have been much, much worse. In letters to the Secretary of Public Instruction, Dr. V. De Jesus, he states that in 1918-1919, there were in the Philippines actually 112,549 cases of smallpox with over 62,000 deaths. The chief of the Division of Sanitation in the provinces gives yet higher figures for the year 1919, increasing the total for 145,000 cases and 68,000 deaths. So the facts pronounced firmly against Jenner and Pastor. So you see, vaccination had absolutely nothing to eradicating smallpox. Never had it, never will have it. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, this is just one sampling of reports and studies done. One part of one book, there are dozens of others. Folks, the fact of the matter is, smallpox and its companion disease, cholera, disappeared because of sanitation, increased sanitation. And I'll give, I'll I'll say this much, though I'm not a proponent of it per se, but indeed, uh, chlorination of the water kills the mold spores that generate these toxic diseases. Okay? And you look at, uh, okay, well, the Spanish uh, brought smallpox right into the Aztecs, into the native and indigenous uh, um, Indian nations. And yes, what about uh, General George Washington, the smallpox in the Continental Army? What about all those reports, Dr. Ott? Didn't uh, Washington, George Washington, start vaccination among the troops? Uh, Yes and yes and yes. But again, there was also cholera. There was also diphtheria. There was also smallpox. And they all killed and decimated people at the time, surely. So what, he goes and, and scratches some needle with some cowpox and gives a mild uh, system of smallpox? Well, that doesn't mean that it, by any means, that it caused, that it caused the, the eradication of smallpox in the camp. It's just not true. No, at the same time, you find there were orders given to all the quartermasters, all the, all the cooks and chefs, to boil the drinking water before giving it to the troops. That's what stopped it, boiling of the water orders by the quartermaster. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. You see also, we, we have evidence that it wasn't the infected blankets that were infected with smallpox that was given to the Indians. No, the Indians were brought in, were given water in special barrels to drink. 
they knew these were this, these barrels were toxic because of causing cholera, called causing the smallpox outbreaks. See, so people, if you're listening to this and and still have any questions, because uh, it really, I, I get what you're saying. You know, you talk about uh, in a debate with this. SARS-CoV-2 vaccine inoculations, which is really not a vaccine. There is no anywhere near the microzymes, the microbes, attenuated microbes going into it, which is supposed to cause immune response. That's not what this is at all. So don't get don't get confused with that. There is none of that in here. There's nothing like a childhood DPT shot with attenuated viruses and, and bacteria in it. Okay? No, no, no. This is not that, any way, shape, and form. It's, it's designed to alter, <laughs> alter your genetics to keep you from producing these viruses. In other words, changing your cellular DNA so that, so that the supposed invading virus can't replicate inside of you. That's what mRNA vaccines are all about, folks. Be very, very clear on that. Be very clear on that. There is uh, the word I was referring to in the first part of the show is the word iatrogenic, iatrogenic. Iatrogenesis and iatrogenic is a, is a Greek-based word, ladies and gentlemen, that just means severe death and injury from medical services rendered. Iatrogenesis. And I, you know, I would just echo what uh, Doctor um, Noel has said for years in his in his wonderful work, Death by Medicine. Let me just again emphasize and amplify what Doctor Noel has always said. The largest, really, the biggest cause of death in America is really not heart attack or stroke, heart disease or stroke, and not cancer. By far and away, not that. No, the number one cause of death in the United States and Canada is iatrogenic. Death. In other words, death caused by medicine. Death by medicine. Let me just give you some 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 very stark numbers here, folks. And again, please don't just take my word for it. Do your own homework. You know, use your use your space between your ears for something that besides a hat rack. Go and research and find it out yourself. Just do a Google search. Type in the word I. Uh, I-A-trogenesis, Iogenesis. You'll see it. You'll see the numbers come up. Man, it's amazing. And you look at, look at the facts. We're talking about not only errors done by doctors in surgery, but we're talking about massive deaths caused from reactions from FDA-approved drugs. That's the biggest part of it, folks. These are not abuse drugs. These are not heroin overdoses, right, or opiate overdoses. No, these are drugs prescribed and taken as directed by a, by a doctor and or a pharmacist. Iatrogenesis, ladies and gentlemen. Get a, get a handle on it. Here's some numbers. The last 10 years, from, the, from 2012 
to this year, January 2022, there's been an average of 1,300, actually 1,279 to be precise, 1,279 drugs each and every year over Over the last 10 years, an average, let's say, 1,280 drugs recalled by the FDA. Now, let me make sure you understand this. These are drugs that went through the supposedly rigorous training in animal as well as human trials, even get approval by the FDA in the first place. The average time it takes is seven to eight years of testing. Supposedly rigorous, supposedly accurate, true reporting, not false and phony lab tests, right? All of these massive amounts of drugs taken. Now, think about this. 1,279 on the average per year Recalled. Why? Because of adverse side effects, adverse death. You see, when you walk, when you, good heavens, you see these, all these advertisements of the various new wonder drugs coming out. Usually, you want to see the best ones, just, just watch your nightly news and count the number of big pharma advertising. Don't take such and such. If you're allergic to it, well, how the hell do you know you're allergic to it until you take it? Hmm. You must be really stupid to have an anaphylactic reaction to something and then go take it again. I mean, come on, really? Don't take it if you're allergic to it. And here's what it can do. Here's what it can cause. And they rattle off all these effects. They're not side effects, folks. They are effects. And then they always throw in death. I mean, yeah, you could die from taking this? Oh, okay. By all means, roll the dice, put a single bullet in your six-shooter, and start playing Russian roulette, because that's really what's happening here. 1,279 recall after being approved. And you know who leads the way? Johnson & Johnson, a.k.a. Janssen Pharmaceuticals. Huge. AstraZeneca, huge. Pfizer, huge numbers. Do your homework. And we're supposed to believe that something that has not been gone through any trials, any testing, animal or human, has been given emergency use authorization to be mass forcibly injected into, into the masses. I mean, come on, are you really? Thinking this through? And here's the, here's the actual fact. According to all the history of, and there's been amazing numbers of adverse reactions to childhood vaccinations. And again, looking at the facts of vaccinations in, in 1918, and smallpox vaccinations in places like the Philippines, it doesn't work. It causes problems. It causes cellular 
terrain, toxicity, disease, and death. End of story. It just flat out does. Vaccine Information Coalition, April Renee, what in the cell is going on? That's what April Renee's mission has been and, and is still going to be until the Lord calls her home and, me, and myself home. We're just simply telling you the truth, folks. We have an absolutely amazing body, an absolutely amazing human cell, amazingly well-engineered. It's designed to operate on natural principles. And we can find health principles that are in God's Word called the Holy Bible. It's right there, folks. We just haven't, we've just lost sight of it. We think it's okay to go and eat processed, nasty food that's been absolutely altered. We're not even drinking pure water as much anymore as we should. We think in drinking Dr. Pepper or whatever, Coke or any soft drink is okay to do, that we're going to get hydrated from drinking nasty stuff like that. And we wonder why America is so sick and obese and downtrodden with heart disease and cancers. Folks, that's not what the Creator intended for us. It's just not, just not true. We, when we talk about terrain versus germ theory, I like to say terrain science, the creator's science is really what terrain theory is. It's science. It's not theory any longer. It's proven. It's absolutely valid. It's the germ nonsense fairy tale hoax that needs to be exposed. And we'll be trying to do this every time we do this radio show, exposing the difference. So what, when you say terrain terrain science, what is that all about? We are simply this in a nutshell. We are bodies of water. We're water bodies. Our bodies are, con- are composed mostly of water, folks. The blood is mostly water, and we're mostly blood. We lose blood, enough blood, we lose enough water, we die. Okay? We lose enough oxygen in that blood, in that water, we suffer from what's called hypo, hypoxia, low blood oxygen, we die. We go up to the top of Mount Everest without an oxygen tank, and we can't breathe in quality O2 because it's so thin up there in the high elevation. We'll get real sleepy, and we'll go to sleep, and we won't wake up. It's called high altitude sickness. You know, people are dying from the so-called COVID-19 that's the symptom. The blood oxygen drops to very critical levels, as you would in high-altitude areas like Mount Everest, and you just don't wake up. You die. It's really kind of, kind of peaceful. You kind of go to sleep. You do the same thing if you didn't know this, folks. You know, go get, uh, start up your, your, your gasoline internal combustion engine, which burns hydrocarbons. And does it inefficiently because there's always exhaust of unburned carbon in the exhaust. And it mixes with the oxygen O2 and forms carbon monoxide. And this colorless, odorless, tasteless gas, you breathe it in, take a deep breath, it displaces the oxygen in your lungs, and you get very sleepy and you go to bed sleepy and you die. 
because you're not getting oxygen to the brain. It's like strangling you, okay? Strangulation. Ah, really? Yeah, pretty simple, folks. Let me tell you something else you need to be aware of. Carbonated water is CO2, not C mono, carbon monoxide versus carbon di or two oxides. The reality is carbon needs four oxygen molecules to balance it. So unstable carbon dioxide robs oxygen from your blood just as powerfully, but not as quickly, not nearly as quickly or efficiently as carbon monoxide, the gas that you breathe in. People that are suffering from what they are calling COVID is a couple of things going on. Look at their diets. You'll see that most of the people in really bad shape just drink nothing, nothing, almost nothing all day but soda pop, carbon dioxide. And they wonder why it is that when 5G radiation attacks their cells and stops, just starts displacing the blood even more from carrying oxygen efficiently through neurotoxin releases, that they have these symptoms. Folks, I've said this on radio shows past. I'll say it again. It's the Moscow signal. It's 2.4 to 3.6 gigahertz microwaves. Moscow signal symptomology. Loss of taste and smell. Neurotoxins are, are produced from reactions with your bacteria in your body and your parasites. And that, those neurotoxins displace oxygen in the alveoli. Alveoli is the neural, neural area that exchanges oxygen in your blood. It's a nervous system exchange. So all simply, right, it's all in the medical record you just are being lied to. There is no, there is no magical airborne virus you need to fear. No. You need to just understand you need to have your body hydrated correctly and have understanding of how oxygen exchange exchanges in the alveoli. Simple. And you're okay. No need to fear it. No need to wear a mask. You don't need to social distance because this is not transmissible at all, at all, through the air, through aerosol, spray, liquids. That's, just, that's the biggest lie. And the proof is this. You, you take out the lies of the germ theory Rockefeller scientists, the Rockefeller lab vaccinators, the lie of they wanted to tell you, especially with this so-called pandemic, it's, wow, we can do the same thing with this SARS-CoV-2 and all of its mutations the same way we did it with smallpox. That's a lie, ladies and gentlemen. It's absolutely fraudulent lying. Smallpox was not eradicated by vaccination. In fact, it was exacerbated, and many, many, many people needlessly died from these poison needles. As it was then, in the 1860s, all the way to now, it's the same thing. You see the purveyors of this toxic nonsense, these Rockefeller-controlled laboratory technicians, having power in the halls of government to to mandate these injections. It happened in the 1800s. It's happening again now. 
the Supreme Court ruled in Jacobson, the Supreme Court case, that yes, in the case of in the means of protecting commerce, interstate commerce, the all-important dollar that is totally legal to mandate and force vaccinate individuals. Jacobson proved to be bogus because the whole vaccination was proved to be bogus. In 1920, the conclusive evidence was presented in its formal ceremony by the top physicians, honest physicians in America, Dr. Rosenbaum and others, who have been studying this whole 1918 killer disease. And the absolute proof was given to President Woodrow Wilson in a finalized report that was eventually put into the book, form called Horrors of Vaccination, documenting it was vaccines that killed everybody. Absolutely undeniable proof. That's a game changer if you know it and understand the truth of it. But of course, there'll be no special report on 60 Minutes on this one. There'll be nothing brought out because there's too much money involved, isn't there? Billions and not trillions of dollars are at stake here. But I submit now it's no. There is never before in the history of the world such an incredible death toll happening from this nonsense, this genetically altering jab. It makes the smallpox vaccination death toll look like a Sunday school picnic. Now, if the FDA can pull off the market 1,279 approved drugs each and every year, what are they waiting for with this one? The actual fact, fact of the matter is the adverse events that are documented far, far, far outweigh any and all other drugs ever pulled, ever pulled by the FDA. And yet nothing is done with this one. It's just, in fact, it's being promoted like never before. And worse, airlines, what I hear just today, Frontier Airlines, now you won't fly on Frontier unless you have vaccination proof. What? I mean, this, is, this insanity has gone far enough and long enough. People listening to this, spread the word. Get uh, copies of this. It'll be posted on the VAC, VIC information website. Make it go viral. I hate that word. Make it go widespread. We have to make a difference and tell the truth here. We have to. So I hope that uh, those of you that had questions to explain, you know, really what, what was the, how smallpox became eradicated, it's completely and totally due to sanitation, folks. And the only places you see smallpox and its companion uh, cholera cropping up, again, let me reemphasize, is in third world countries with very little potable water sanitation. It's still very off, you know, very very common there. And even, even then, people have built up 
uh, their own immune response to it internally because of the ad- adaptogenic properties of cells. But if your terrain gets to, to be totally toxic and contaminated to a certain degree, you will fall ill and you will have smallpox sores and you may well die. It is a major killer in, in the world today. Don't be deceived into believing it's not and that vaccination worldwide is eradicated because that is a lie. It's amazing how many people are dying from smallpox in places where there is absolutely no sanitation and they can't even, you know, they're drinking water from a, a pond full of scum and full of, full of feces. Of course you're going to get sick. Folks, that's, that's the history of smallpox in America. It's the history of cholera continuing on. Uh, just, you got to just understand and read the, the pioneer journals of, of emigrant wagon trains coming across the plains. They boiled their water, and if they had stretches where they couldn't boil the water, they flat out would never allow anybody to drink from, you know, a suspect hole. Because every time they did, there was cholera and the smallpox. It's absolutely a true, true, true fact, folks. So you shed the light on it by, by looking at it on, as truth, and then you share with others. That's all we can do. Again, iatrogenesis, uh, the death from prescribed drugs and medical error. The numbers are stunning. I actually, it was funny, I, I'll say as we close, there is a very large law firm that specializes in taking cases of people damaged through iatrogenesis from error by, and they're probably focusing on on death and and uh, dismemberment, if you will, disability from reactions to drugs. That's their whole specialty. And as I went on their website, because they have a great chart in showing the the, uh, the statistics and and again verifying the amazing number of drugs, twelve hundred seventy nine per year that are taken off the market forcibly by the FDA after giving approval initially. And so this law firm is quite a quite a racket going there to make money suing. So I, as I got on site, there was uh, 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 a robot, uh, artificial intelligence that would interface with you know you. Uh, so I typed in, you know, my interest. I said I have, I represent a thousand people that have been damaged uh, and killed by this Pfizer mRNA vaccine. Immediately. Can't help you. Won't help you. Can't, can't have any, anything. Oh, but if you were uh, part of a, another drug that hadn't been given blanket immunity, they'd love to have your, your business as part of a class action lawsuit. Folks, what is wrong with this picture? I mean, it's like I, I, I sent this out to, to a group of, of, of colleagues, and I, and I saw the, the, it's like they're not allowing anybody to go raid this known drug house this in, in, in the suburbs 
that is known to be you know a lot of shootings, a lot of uh, problems coming into the into the drug house. Nobody will dare to go in there and raid it and clean it out because it's it's constantly having corpses coming out of there and dead people because it's it's owned by some very powerful wealthy uh, administrators of the city. They're the the police and and drug agencies are no hands off of this one. You see, they're not going to allow you to touch this one because of the power involved. But they're going to arrest you and and jail you for for jaywalking in front of it. It's to me it's, it's exactly the same insanity. We're we're going to allow you to take lawsuits in the courts for all of these other small potatoes drugs but never ever this big one the big problem see folks this is the reality and it's going to get continue to get worse and worse as more people are boosted and these incredible razor blades of graphene hydroxide are injected these are self-assembling little robotics that are going on inside your body, and this is why they need more and more boosters. It's not about a, a mutation, no, no. It's about getting more graphene hydroxide uh, into the body to get the construction, keep keep it going. That's what's happening here. It's insanity. Don't do it, please. Spread the word. Stop it. We're just about out of time, but... Again, I just wanted to make aware also of what's happening in uh, Canada to the north. Uh, I've been very much in, involved with the, the people organizing that uh, trucker protest in Ottawa. It's amazing what's going on there. I just you know, want to make you aware that, that they're not going to go away until they have something in writing to stop this mandatory vaccination uh, needs and demands of that Trudeau has had, and and even Biden is with him on international trucking uh, coming going across the borders. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. They're drawing a line in the sand. But here's here's what I just uh, verified with them. Just like on April 6th in Washington D.C. I'm sorry, January 6th in Washington D.C vast majority, 99% of the people gathering because they care and love their fellow man and, and want to exercise their rights to redress government. There's agent provocateurs that have been paid well are going in there to hopefully, according to Trudeau, start a shooting, have shooting break out. Because he's already making the rhetoric across the CDC broadcast waves. These are nothing but extremists. These are absolutely dangerous uh, lunatics that are the same stripe and brand of people that went into January 6th in Washington, D.C. He's already saying that and making those claims. He's predicting that there will be shooting erupt and death. Well, the agent provocateurs can easily make that happen. So, if you're if you believe in in God, you know, even if you don't believe in God, but believe in freedom and believe in in the rule of law, you know, 
put out a prayer for these people, these truckers, these knights of the road. I've talked with many, many, many of them, and they are honest, God-fearing, good-hearted people. They're supported by people like the Amish and the Hutterite, who are have marshaled their forces to feed these truckers all along the way. It's an amazing story. You know, these food stations are being, you know, amazingly good food given to these people. These aren't people that want to take a shotgun and shoot somebody. They're not. They're absolutely peaceful as can be. So I'm just going to predict that not if, but when shooting breaks out, it's not from these folks. It's just not. It's agent provocateurs. This list, Adolf Hitler bombed the Reichstag in a false flag event to cause, you know, people's minds to be changed and, and brought to his side. Same thing's happening here, folks. Make no mistake, that's the agenda. So the question becomes, do we not even protest? Do we sit back and idly say, oh, we can't do anything about it, so we're not going to make our voices heard? Folks, you can't do that either. You can't do that either. Too many people are dying, and too many people will die in the future unless this is stopped. This insanity is stopped. So make a stand. That's uh, pretty much the show today. Folks, we're about out of time. Thanks for listening. Again, my name is Dr. H. Ruat. I'm filling in here for April Renee and the Vaccine Information Fellowship. This is, again, what in the cell is going on. Appreciate your support and your listening and spreading the word because that's how the truth shines by people spreading it and embracing it and then sharing it. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. You have a wonderful day. We'll talk later.